Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, welcome, friends, to Praying for America. I'm so glad that you've joined us here tonight. It is Thursday night, the 26th of January of 2023. Uh, we have had a fantastic uh, day. Um, I, I went to Washington yesterday. I want to tell you about that uh, tonight. I want to play you a clip from where I was at the congressional reception last night. I'll tell you all about it. And meanwhile, uh, let's see what the scripture says about our our duty to pray, our call to pray for those who govern us, uh, for those who are in the position of service. As Paul says to the Romans, they are ministers of God, ministers of God who uh, serve us in civil government. It's not just the uh, ministers in the in the church, the, God, the clergy, the preachers of the gospel who are ministers of God. It is civil government because God has established all authority that exists and expects us to obey just orders from those authorities. And so for, and so we have to pray for them. So Paul writes, of course, to Timothy, as you know, in his first epistle. Starting in chapter 2, he says this, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose I was appointed a herald, and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. Let us pray. Lord God, we are commanded to pray for those in authority, and we do so tonight. Praying for America means praying for all, including those in authority, as this passage indicates, recognizing that because you, Lord God, are the one who establishes all authority, they too are ministers of you. We ask you to bless the men and women, their staff and their families who have undertaken public service. We ask you to bless those who were recently elected to levels at every level of government, offices at every level of government, and including the Congress. And we ask you, Lord, that they be confirmed in their mission of serving truth, of protecting the rights of the people whom they serve. We ask this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Well, you know, friends, uh, that in the Christian view of government is the nature of authority. Authority is not power over people. Like Jesus said, the Gentiles lord it over them and make their authority felt. No, it's not to be that way among us Christians. The greatest among us are those who serve. 
Authority is service. Christianity transforms politics. Authority is service. We serve the needs. We protect the rights of those under our authority. This passage deserves a little more attention. You know, Paul says, pray for all those in authority, and then he gives the reason why. He says, the purpose of praying for civil officials and government authorities is twofold. Peaceful lives and godly lives. And what does that speak to you about in terms of the issues? Well, peaceful lives, first of all, the right to life itself, and the security and the law and order that government is supposed to ensure. We have to have order in society. That's why we have government. That's why we have laws. That's why we have politics. We've got to order our lives. We've got to be able to pursue happiness, which is a fundamental right, to pursue happiness. We've got to be able to do that without continuously running into or destroying the rights of others. And so this is what law tries to accomplish. And the protection of life is at the foundation of this. The protection of life inside the womb, outside the womb, and security against crime, against terrorism, against theft. So peaceful lives, and he says to live those peaceful lives in all godliness and devotion. What does that speak to you about? Religious freedom. Government, and we see this, of course, in our in our Constitution, right, as well as in our Declaration, government exists to protect the rights of its citizens to worship God in the way they see fit. We've been involved, I've been involved personally in many battles for religious freedom, my own religious freedom included, that of my ministry. We need to be able to conduct our affairs in the way that we believe honors God. Without the government passing judgment on those beliefs, or, even worse, trying to hinder us from living them. You know, when we... I was I was a petitioner at the U.S. Supreme Court. I always looked up to people within our pro-life movement where I work full-time and looked up to people who had cases brought all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. You know, you have a certain reverence. And then I, then I be, ended up being one of them. I never thought that that, that, that that would happen. Janet Morana, our associate, and Alveda King were working for us at that time also in that case, where we were defending our right to conduct our business affairs according to our faith. We said we don't want to provide abortion-inducing drugs. We don't want to cover them in our health insurance uh, program uh, for our employees. So we ultimately won that case thanks to the election of that man in that photo over there, President Trump. But the point is that uh, in the process of explaining to the judges in the various courts as we went up the ladder all the way to the Supreme Court as to why we couldn't cooperate with the insurance scheme mechanism that was being imposed on us, they tried to tell us that there was no problem with that in regard to our faith. And I said, wait a minute. It's not the role of the court. It's not the role of the government. It's not the role of the judge to judge our faith, to evaluate 
whether the concerns we have flowing from our faith are valid or not. Is that the role of government? Is that what the court is supposed to do? Is to tell us that what we're concerned about, we really shouldn't be concerned about? I said, no, it's not your role to judge our faith. It's your role to protect our right to live our faith. That's the distinction. Government exists to secure our rights, including our right to live our faith as we believe it. Not as the court understands it. The court's understanding of our faith has nothing to do with it. They don't have to understand it. They don't have to agree with it. In fact, they're supposed to not even be thinking about that. They shouldn't be thinking about whether they think our beliefs are reasonable. That's not what's being judged in the courtroom. It's not whether our beliefs are reasonable that they are supposed to judge. It's whether our right to live our faith is being denied by the government. That's what the court is supposed to be looking at. So again, going back to this is the, the, the biblical basis of this. Paul says, pray for all those in authority that we might live our lives in all godliness and holiness. What godliness and holiness are is not determined by the government. What godliness and holiness are, are what the believer decides to believe. Now, in the realm of that belief, the role of government. The role of government is whatever we believe, however we see the Word of God or the teachings of our particular churches, government allows us to conduct our affairs according to that. And not just final point, not just our affairs within the four walls of the church, as if religious freedom is just freedom of worship. No, it's freedom of conscience. It's freedom to apply our faith, not just when we're in church, but when we're outside of church. Not just in the church, but in the, in the workplace, and in the home, and at the amusement park, and in the doctor's office, to apply our faith. Jesus is Lord of all of our life, not just part of it. He's Lord of all our actions and decisions. Not half of them, not 90% of them, not 99.9%. He is Lord of all. And we have the right to live that way. Well, last night, I was with some people who believe this very same thing. They were new members of the House, new members of the Senate, and also existing members in fact, our friend Congressman Chris Smith, great friend of the pro-life movement, has been in Congress for 43 years. And uh, I was with him. I was with um, newly elected Senator Ted Budd, North Carolina. I was with uh, Senator Jim Langford from uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I was with Chip Roy, Representative Chip Roy from Texas, who played a leading role in uh, getting the um, concessions and, 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 and agreements from now Speaker McCarthy as his election process for Speaker was going on. Chip Roy. So he was there last night at this reception. It was organized by the Susan B. Anthony uh, Pro-Life America group, my, my friend and colleague Marjorie Dannenfelser, and her team. The idea of it was to have a reception to welcome... Uh, Welcome uh, the new members and, and encourage the existing members who have been serving for so long, specifically on this issue of protecting the right to life. 
you know, who was also there, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan gave some uh, uh, remarks right at the beginning, and he thanked President Trump for the reversal of Roe v. Wade because he deserves credit for that. He got the justices on the Supreme Court, and Jim Jordan was talking about Brett Kavanaugh and his confirmation process, the stormy confirmation process, you know, when those accusations started coming out against him. Few, if any, presidents would have stood so firmly with their choice and trusted this man that they chose as President Trump did. He stood with him. He said, we're going forward. And of course, to his credit, Brett Kavanaugh himself insisted that we're going to move forward through this. Uh, I'm not going to withdraw from the process. Because then that just, in effect, gives permission to anybody to just interfere with the process by uh, by things that they're going to say. So we had a great collection of people there last night. I want to show you, actually, I said a prayer for them. We heard speeches. Steve Scalise, the new House Majority Leader, was there. Uh, and I'll talk about some of the things that they discussed in just a moment. But first, I want to share with you the prayer that I offered at the conclusion of last night's gathering. And I had everyone sing and pray with me as you see this prayer and sing with me as you see as you see this uh, song for let's 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 put into practice right now right this very moment the instruction that Paul gives to Timothy let's pray for those in elected office and uh, let me show you the clip now Father, we go to say a quick prayer, a quick blessing over um, everyone who was here, everyone who is here, uh, and everyone in the pro-life movement. Uh, just a brief prayer. Thank you, Father. Marjorie, thank you so much. It's always good to collaborate with you. It's always good, brothers and sisters, to collaborate with all of you uh, in this great movement and with all our members in the House and in the Senate. I want to say a little prayer, and then I don't know if this has ever been done at this gathering, but I want us to sing the Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on them for our new members, for our existing members, that they get the strength, the courage, the wisdom to do what needs to be done. So let's pray. Father, you are the Lord of life. You are the author of freedom. You are the ruler of every nation, including this blessed nation of the United States of America. And we are blessed, Lord, because you have placed us amidst this battle, this battle between good and evil, this battle between life and death, between truth and falsehood. Yes, Lord God, a battle between common sense and insanity. Lord God, bless us at this moment as we walk through the insanity that surrounds us and lead people back to truth. Lord God, we've reached the stage where we can't even say a man is a man or a woman is a woman. And maybe that's because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. Bless us, Lord, with the courage, with the clarity, with the strength, with the perseverance to cut through the darkness and bear witness to your kingdom of light and life. And now we pray a blessing, Lord, over all those who through your providence and by your will are serving in the United States House and in the United States Senate and are on the side of life. And Lord, we pray now that you send your Holy Spirit to them, to their staff, to their families, and enable them to be victorious and effective laborers for life. And let's sing this together. Spirit of the living God, 
fall afresh on them. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. Melt them, mold them, fill them, use them. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on them. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Margie. Thank you. It was a beautiful gathering. It really was. Uh, so many more that I haven't mentioned uh, were there. Uh, Chris Smith uh, pointed out the presence of Representative Ann Wagner. Those of you from Missouri, you know uh, Ann Wagner uh, represents, uh, her, her district is in Missouri. And uh, she, and I've been side by side with her for many years, she presided over the successful passage by the House of Representatives just a matter of days ago the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Now, we've talked about this. It's unbelievable that this bill is even necessary. But it's a bill that would expand protections for babies who survive abortion. Sometimes that happens. We're talking about protecting babies outside the womb, not even in the womb, outside the womb. But they happen to survive the abortion. Because some of these abortion procedures are more like deliveries than uh, dismemberments. Here the baby is, and, and, and the law does not adequately protect that child from just being either abandoned or proactively killed. The Democrats, when they were in uh, charge of the House, no less than 80 specific times, eight zero, 80 times, denied a motion by the Republicans who were in the minority to have even have a vote on this measure. They don't want nothing to do with it. And when they actually had the vote, as I've pointed out to you already, only one Democrat voted for the, the bill. All the rest voted against it. Henry Cuellar of Texas, if you're wondering who it was. But Ann was there, and we, we thanked her for uh, her uh, leadership on that. Uh, Senator Langford, I also wanted to point out something that he said. He said, look, uh, my colleagues on the Democrat uh, side of the aisle, they're often criticizing us Republicans for having an extreme position on abortion. And he says, I always turn around to them and I say, and I've never gotten an answer to this question, how exactly is it extreme to say children should be protected? Why is, has the position that all, child, all children should be protected, why has that now qualified as extreme? And Senator Langford said he never, never gets an answer to that question. Of course, they can't answer it. They're the ones who are extreme because they want abortion in every circumstance. There's not a single abortion that they would limit or prohibit. Ask them. If your representative is Democrat, your senator, one of your senators is Democrat, ask them that question. Ask them if there's any abortion they would prohibit any at all. They won't be able to identify it, friends, because there isn't, there isn't any that they would limit. That's the extreme position, because most of the American people don't want late-term abortion. Most of the American people, for example, want 
limits on when and how an abortion could be performed. For example, if it's a minor, what happens? What happens if it's a minor asking for an abortion? Should her parents be involved? Should they? Should they at least be notified, if not required to give their consent before the procedure happens? Most of the Americans say yes, and in fact, most of the states have a requirement like that. And yet the Democrats want to wipe it away. Oh, this is insanity. Like I said in the prayer, this is a, ba a battle between common sense and insanity. So anyway, I just wanted to share with you uh, a little bit about what I was doing last night up there in Washington, D.C. My associate, Janet Morana, our executive director, was with me. And we encouraged these men and women, and they encouraged us. Those who are serving in Congress, it's not an easy job. And those who are in the Senate have an even more difficult job because they're not in the majority. They should, they should have gotten the majority in this last election, but they're not in the majority. And yet they're pressing the pro-life legislation that comes to them from the House. This Born Alive bill has been now brought from the House to the Senate. And they're pressing for votes on these measures. Even if they don't end up passing, it's important to have the debate and to get people on the record, get these Democrats on the record for being so, again, extreme on the matter of abortion. Let's pray together. Father, we, 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 we again invoke your spirit upon our nation and upon our elected officials at every level of government, O oh Lord, at every level. Enable us, your people, to be in communication with our elected representatives, not just to put them on autopilot. Governing is not autopilot. They need our input, just like they need our vote to get elected. They need our input to govern. Lord, let us be making those phone calls, writing those letters, setting up those appointments, visiting visiting their district office, visiting their office in Washington. And Lord, while we're at it, not only to be interacting with our federal lawmakers, but with our state lawmakers too, let us know their names. Let us uh, exercise our responsibility to communicate with them, know their positions on the issues, and let them know ours. Let us visit with them. Let us encourage them. Let us promote support for good initiatives that they undertake by informing our fellow citizens, our fellow voters, about what those initiatives are and urging them to contact them as well. Lord, this is how our system works. We ask that you breathe new life, new health into our system of self-governance because these individuals, Lord, are not only ministers of you, but they work for us, not the other way around. And because of that, Lord, we can't just leave to them the ideas of what laws they're going to support. We can't sit back and say, oh, let's see what laws our legislators are going to work for next. No, they need to be taking the cue from us, not the other way around. We need to be telling them what kind of laws we want and then pressing them to, to act. Bring about that pressing, bring about that acting, bring about those results for the securing of our rights, starting with life. And now for all this and for all the intentions that all our brothers and sisters are expressing in the comments or holding in their hearts, we pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, thanks for watching. Spread the news about this program and make sure you're connected with me on social media, FR Frank Pavone on all the platforms. 
FR Frank Pavone. Follow Right Side Broadcasting too. We're so grateful for their, our partnership with them for this program, RSB Network. And friends, join us again tomorrow night. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.